1: From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And so we've already won in that regard that,
0: you know, Mitchell's really resonated with a lot of people and we got a lot of feedback from people who felt really seen and felt really like inspired, inspired to make things, inspired to reconnect with their family, inspired to just to be part of this community and feel like they're not invisible. And uh, and so it was. it's been a really special thing the whole time.
1: Bill Lord and Chris Miller are down the Oscar road again as producers on the animated feature The Mitchells vs. the Machines, receiving an Academy Award nomination earlier this week. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, Lord and Miller stop by to give their reaction to their well-deserved Oscar nomination and how they continue to redefine the animation medium with each new outing. The pair also discussed their choice to get into the business and how a meeting with ex-Sony Pictures chair Amy Pascal while working on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs helped them move beyond jokes to telling a story. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. From director Michael Rianda and co-director Jeff Rowe, the Mitchells vs. the Machines tells the story of a quirky, dysfunctional family that takes a road trip to to drop off their daughter, Katie, voiced by Abby Jacobson, an aspiring filmmaker, off at college. Unfortunately, their journey is upended when a robot apocalypse threatens the planet, and the family of misfits, which includes their father, Rick, mother, Linda, and the dinosaur-loving little brother, Aaron, come together to save the world.
2: What are these? Robots? Greetings, humans. There appears to be 14 of you. Doesn't
0: seem good that they're counting us, right?
1: We have food and entertainment for you to enjoy in our
2: Human Fun Pods. Who here likes fun?
1: Hey, I like fun! Trust me, bud, you do not like fun. No, I really do like it. Everyone says that about me. You lucky human! <laughs> Yay! Wow, I wish I could be in there. I don't like fun anymore! Who else wants to join him? Stay low. and file up! All right, everyone, get to the car. I don't think so. Oh, so what do you want to say? I don't know why okay. we're okay. yelling you, just, but I think, you, I think there's a better place Stop. What would a functional family do right now? I We've trained for this. Jim, you go high, I'll go low. Ready? I all love like you all so much. Butterfly
0: <laughs> formation. Yeah!
2: Yeah!
1: Just do that, right? Just like they did. Uh, I, feels you. Very I, you. I really I like you. It. Distributed by Netflix, the film is nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards for Rianda, Lord, Miller, and producer Kurt Albright. In addition, the movie has won the most precursor prizes with over 25 trophies this season. The film receives critical acclaim for its stunning animation and hilarious storytelling and the performances of its voice actors and themes surrounding LGBTQ representation. It also includes Eric Andre, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Blake Griffin, Conan O'Brien, and Doug the Pig. Wow, that's a big cast. I recently spoke with Lord and Miller about The Mitchells vs. Machines, which was one of the most watched films on Netflix in 2021, as well as Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is coming later this year, as well as the 21 Jump Street slash Men in Black film that never came to be. But we began by discussing the ridiculous early time that the Oscar nominations are and how that needs to change. I would be just
2: as honored yeah. at 9 a.m. Pacific time yeah. as yeah. I was at 5.33 <laughs> Pacific time. It Pacific. really has no need to be that early. And <laughs> yeah. I'm,
0: I, we could uh, – it can be changed. It's yeah. not something that was written into the U.S. Constitution.
2: No, but you, we do have to be considerate of those uh, friends of ours on the East Coast because they all go to sleep at 11.30 a.m. <laughs>
1: <a>. <laughs> but that's still 8 a.m. for them. And then internationally, it's like 12?
0: Like, I mean – 7 a.m. would be fine. Yeah, we'd all be happy, and I might have had a cup of coffee. That'd be yeah. so nice. Yeah. But you
1: know what's an even better cup of coffee? What?
0: Being nominated.
2: Oh right. that's, yeah, yeah, it really wakes you up. So, it
1: does. So, 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 you guys, so you guys are sleeping together. You wake up and you w- wake the other one <laughs> yeah, up, Burt right? It, think of it yes. like Bert and Ernie beds. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, they, we each have our own like night lamp. You know, so like he wants to read late. Yeah, I can sleep. That's and he's nice. Very considerate.
0: Uh, no, the truth is, we were in our separate homes, uh, and I got up uh, early with uh, with my wife to watch and sit up and watch, and uh, it was very exciting. And you know, you know, you're very nervous because mm-hmm. you work really hard and you spend all this time and a massive crew of really amazing, talented people like put so much passion into making this movie. And you know, it's not about the awards; you're making it so that it can connect with people, but. It's really nice to be recognized and to have someone say, you're one of the best ones mm-hmm. of the year. Um, and so it was such a relief And in, in addition to being like giddy, exciting.
2: And we're also so happy for the crew. So many people, you know, including Mike Rianda, wrote and directed and Jeff Rowe is, is co-writer, co-director. Like, it's their first movie. Yeah. And same with, you know, Lindsay Olavadas, who made, you know, the production designer, you know, Guillermo Martinez, who's the head of story, like so many people, this is the first thing they made.
1: And I, I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier. You know, you guys get up and you're, you're nervous. I know you probably heard this all season because I know I've said it to, to your faces. I was like, guys, you're getting nominated. But
2: <laughs> but we forget. I'm still knocking on wood. Yeah. I know. That's what it you know. sounds like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I, but I forget, and I'm sure you guys don't, the Lego movie year, uh, like w- I don't think I've ever asked, like, what did that feel like? off the in comparison, this feels better, but like, <laughs> do you remember like that, like what, getting up for that and just being very like, much oh, so. I would say vivid. <laughs> what was that? What was that moment? Bring me back. I'm be your doctor. Uh, well, PTSD. you're,
2: I mean, similarly, you wake up 30 seconds before it happens. Mm-hmm. So you're, groggy <laughs> and and so in that case i mean we're talking about the silliest thing in the world yeah it's not like whatever but but you do go like oh i must be out of it <laughs> if don't you think it felt oh, like yeah. like a weird dream
0: a real out-of-body experience because it started with the first category was uh was song and everything was awesome was nominated oh, yeah. we we're like yeah mm-hmm. all right. right uh and then it was I a came, fake out yeah <laughs> when i came to animated and we weren't on the list we were like, I, I, I was like the so what, what's oh. happening um and you think you know and obviously as i said just said before you know you don't make these movies to to get awards uh you're making them to like connect with people uh, but it was a, it was
1: definitely uh, surprising, and and so we don't take anything for granted yeah. <laughs> ever. Since. And, and probably it was a good time for it to happen because now every time you make something, you're like, listen, it ain't a given.
2: That's right. It keeps giving and it does help. It puts it in perspective. Yeah. You go know, like, we made the movie to be someone's favorite movie. We did it so that you know we like we would delight. Families and people everywhere, and that has to be a satisfaction.
0: Right? And at the end of the day, we you know we made those Lego Oscars that we handed out to Oscars that became yeah. a big thing, and now they're for sale. They sell
2: them at s- the Academy In, Museum, right. for 75,
0: unironically, uh, seventy
1: five dollars.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable, but it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you were just trying to bring the, you know joy and 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 emotional feelings to people, so that they've got you know, something that they can really connect
2: with. And, and, and make an, you know, like, make an impact. Because well, that movie was, like, really unusual. Hmm. Um, and Each movie we make, we try to make it, you know, unlike the last one that we made. Um, you know, Spider-Verse is really different than Lego, is really different from Mitchell's. and um, And we're just hoping that, like, it resonates somehow.
0: Right and so we've already won in that regard that you know Mitchell's really resonated with a lot of people and we got a lot of feedback from people who felt really seen and felt really like inspired inspired to make things inspired to reconnect with their family inspired to just uh to to be part of this community and feel like they're not invisible and uh, and so it was it's been a really special thing the whole time
2: And and I think also to, for you know the, the our narrow band of in the animation business just to know that that what an animated movie can be is expanding, yeah. right? And so we got lots of feedback from other professionals going, like, thanks for making that movie. You, like, opened a door and made a green light for us to do our wild thing.
0: Right. Oh, I mean, fun. on the LGBTQ front, obviously, it, like, opened a door there. Now other people can say, like, hey – They made a movie with a a queer protagonist, and the world didn't
2: fall apart. Everyone was fine with it. Right, and and you can say it out loud. It doesn't have to be like a secret, a coded thing. Or wait, you mean kids
1: didn't catch anything? (laughs) They watched Mitchell.
2: Yeah,
0: somehow they every the earth didn't uh, fall into the sun. Yeah, Um, and and similarly, you know, and in the art style, I think really also was an area where people were like, "Thank you for making a movie like this." We were like. We've never been able to movie make a movie where the characters don't ha- have realistic pupils. Like these were cartoon pupils and yeah. and really like hand-drawn feeling characters and the world. And, and it just makes everyone everywhere feel comfortable pushing the medium in new
1: and exciting places. What would you guys have handed out if you didn't get it for Mitchell's at the Oscars? <laughs> oh. Did you ever talk like about that? Like a cardboard Oscar <laughs> a little, that, like
2: Katie made herself. A little yeah. wooden moose. Um, yeah. Or like, um, yeah, like a munchie headed like, (laughs) cardboard. A golden munchie. That is the fun thing is to, like, think about, like, what Katie Mitchell was going through, like, yesterday morning as, like, someone who's, like, making movies on her laptop and then suddenly is part of this big thing. Right. It says, this is
0: cinema. Yeah, definitely. A cardboard Oscar that you could see the edges were all janky on.
2: That's, like, a very Lego movie thought, right? That, like, you can make cinema in your basement with your like toys right, right? And, and that's what she's carrying forward and that was the real aesthetic of the movie i mean it had
0: the whole movie was supposed to feel like it was being narrated and illustrated by a teenage girl filmmaker and it had that sort of eclectic mixed media puppets and doodles and uh, and everything in between uh, all over it and i think that's part of why it felt so personal, and people really connected to it.
1: One thing I like to consider, you guys are like the Coen Brothers of cool cinema. Not saying that the Coen Brothers are <laughs> cool. They are the Coen they, Brothers of cool cinema. Not saying they're not cool, but <laughs> you, you guys are a really good pairing that has done some really interesting work together. But there's like a, obviously, a, I guess, there's our friendship. I don't know if you guys. Yes,
0: really, we're not yeah.
2: actually phone related. related. For the camera. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but but on know,
2: radio, we can <laughs> hate each other, we can glare at each other.
1: Um, but like, where, where does that span? Like, you know, I know you guys met in school, but like, what did, how does this blossom now into this like machine that is Lord and Miller?
2: We met our first week freshman year. Somebody said, um, I know someone just as weird as you.
1: And uh something that's exactly what that's exactly what she said. Yeah, Rory
0: McGee. That's right. And she introduced we us for to wedding, up at, wedding yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like a it was like a friend setup, and it and it totally worked. And it was Phil a Phil, Phil convinced me to take an animation class freshman year, and then we started getting into making films and stuff, and uh, and became uh, buddies, and uh, and then we came out here and and we almost accidentally became a team that we went for a meeting together and they're like oh you must be a team and they gave us a job at disney television animation uh you know making saturday morning cartoons uh and and ever since then we've had a, we've figured out over many years now it's been oh
2: you know 20 <laughs> almost 25 years now, oh, well, and, and, you're, and you're 26, so we're exactly, very young. we were we started as we were very proud of it. Yeah, yeah. but you know, that education, which we were we did not go to film school, you know, but we had um, a wonderful animation professor named David Ehrlich, who was a, a CIFA board member, and our diet was independent animated shorts from you know, behind the iron curtain. (laughs) I was, um, uh, David emailed us yesterday and we were chatting about the time that he smuggled um, raw film to this guy, Peter Dumala uh, who at that time was not allowed to make movies. So he scratched a movie into the film mm-hmm. and then shipped it back to David and it like won an award at Annecy. <laughs> and that was the kind of stuff David was into. He said that then he called Peter to say like, hey, you won an award. He goes, oh, cool. How's the film? Because <laughs> he'd never <laughs> been able to see it projected. So, uh, so that is, uh, we come from, as uh, kind of an untraditional background for people who make, you know, expensive animated features. And I think that probably informs why we're always, you know, trying to avoid a house style. We're always trying to bring the invention and the personality of those films into these films, right? Because those are all made by one person. (laughs) And we wanted this movie, Mitchells, to feel like it was made by people. It was made by Katie. It was made by not computers or a company, but by, by human beings.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what's so cool about animation in general is that it can look like whatever you imagine. And, uh, you know, thankfully we're in an age now where movies are starting to look really different from each other. And, you know, we come out of a decade of movies all sort of trying to emulate what Pixar had mastered and movies were starting to look all the same. And now, you know, the sky's the limit, and so there's no reason why you shouldn't make your your film look like no other movie. and And the idea that you can have really feel the hand of the artist on the screen is uh, is a really exciting opportunity. And the, and the the world is our oyster, so we never want to, you know, just rely on tradition.
1: Uh, looking back at that animation class, right? So you guys mm-hmm. take this animation class what were the dreams of Lord? Like what, what did you really think you guys were going to do? Cause I think there is like a dream of making it in Hollywood. And then when you, it never really feels like you're like, it's something you say, but then you make it. So, but what, what did you want to do at first? Well, we were
2: big dopes who had ambitions of making cartoons for a lifetime career. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I think we were young enough not to worry about, um, how we would make money doing it. Right. We were like, I think we could figure this out. Right. You could just draw these things on our, on these notebooks in our dorm room. And that should do the trick. All we'll need is like once a year, we'll need to borrow a Bolex and duct tape (laughs) it to the floor and shoot it. Um, and I and there was a time, a very embarrassing moment. When Chris was an intern at Industrial Light and Magic when, in between our junior and senior year. I went to visit him with like a remora glomming on to <laughs> success as usual. And we went up to Coit Tower mm-hmm. um, and like looked out over San Francisco and we're like,
1: I think we can do this.
2: <laughs> Is that so embarrassing? So we decided, First of all, we were in the wrong city. Right. Yeah. We were in the right coastline, <laughs> yeah, I guess. We were
1: there. we were, mean, we're, were in the right
2: city for, you know, American zoetrope. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff going John on. 40. But
0: we were, you know, we were back east in college and we were like, you know what? We should come out to California and, and try to do this thing. Let's do it. I think we can do it if we've got the support
2: of each other. Our poor parents. Mm-hmm. And horrified. And
0: you know, and we were really interested in interested in not just you know doodling little cartoons, but like how do we tell a story in a way that's interesting and engaging and surprising? And you know, it took us a long time to sort of figure out, and uh, you know, what how to make a story work, right? It, you know, we've been working at this for a long time, and it's still kind of a mystery. Um, the first
2: ten years were just jokes.
0: Yes. And. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were it really. There was a moment on. Uh, we were making, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and we had come up in sitcom writing, and so we had been, we figured out how to tell a quick, easy story that's real fun and funny, and make characters' voices uh, interesting. But when we were working on the the story for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, it just any ten minutes of the movie, and were really funny, but it wasn't engaging because he didn't really care about the characters and we weren't being sincere about emotion. And, and it basically took Amy Pascal yelling at us, uh, She was the head of Sony at the time. Mm
2: -hmm. And then- She literally said, we asked, what do you want? We don't understand. And she said, I want a story (laughs) and slammed the table and stood up and left the room.
0: Yes. And so then we met with this woman named Lindsay Duran, who's a very smart uh, uh, sort of script whisperer Mm -hmm. and- and Who sends her regards, by the way, I just spoke with her. (laughs) She is uh, a delight and we work with her all the time. And she really gave us a real masterclass on, you know, how to make a story something that is emotionally engaging and that you care about. And once we sort of cracked that on Cloudy, we never wanted to go back. And we started, you know, really, really caring about how can we we be funny and progressive and interesting and new? But how can we also, you know, make you love these characters and be on this journey in a way that breaks your heart? And how can we make you cry as well as laugh?
2: And so... I think Lindsay taught us that it's not a zero-sum game that you can be just as funny. If not, honestly, you're funnier because you're so much more engaged, right? But you're also delivering on um, a richer film-going experience because you're you're getting underneath these characters in a way that not everybody tries to achieve. And she made us really ambitious on, on the emotional front.
0: Right, I mean, I think we were just scared because we thought we were being cool. It wasn't cool to be sincere. Uh, and in reality, we were being cowards because you know if we ever had a sincere moment, we'd undercut it with a joke. But if we could really like get you to have an emotional roller coaster of an experience and feel these different feelings of being scared, or being heartbroken, or being joyous, and or being uh, surprised, or any of those feelings, you come out of the movie theater and you go like, "Wow, I just felt like five different emotions in two hours." And what a ride. And you will recommend it to everybody that you know. And it's so such a such a more fulfilling experience when you're not afraid to be sincere.
1: You guys already touched on this, but I, I wanted to know if you would elaborate why I, I like you guys so much. And I think why everyone does, you do push back on the establishment, the status quo of cinema, animation, just in general. Um, what's that Been like to to you know to tell Hollywood it doesn't have to be just this. It can also be this, and it can be successful. Also, we're not saying get rid of this. We're saying try something new.
2: Well, we always say like we're on your side. We want the movie to resonate with an audience, and we want them to walk out loving it and high fiving. We might not do it the way it's been done before, but we're going to deliver. A, a, an experience for an audience that they'll tell each other that they have to have, and part of that is novelty, right? And originality. Yeah. That's part of why people go to the movies; they want to see something they haven't seen before. Um, and but it, so so a big part of um, uh, our origin myth <laughs> is that sometime around the cloudy with a chance of meatballs um, uh, experience, we thought that we were not going to be able to be successful. And there was a lot of pressure to make the story this way or that way. And we thought, we just, we should, we have to quit. And we called our representatives and we said, we think we have to quit. And we got a very fast call from our lawyer who said, you fools, (laughs) you can't, Quit. By the way, our lawyer is um, uh, Montgomery Burns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I was like, I, they didn't. Yeah, say yeah. He didn't say quit. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, <laughs> yeah. but like
2: with more coarse language. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, you don't want to quit. You want to get fired. Because mm. if you get fired, you get six months' pay. Mm. So it gave us an incredible amount of power. Because you go, great. Let's just make the best movie we know how to make until somebody makes us stop. And that was that made us Teflon. As we just like, it made us brave and it made us not afraid. We were more afraid of making a bad movie than of any other thing. Right. And, and we've I, always taken that philosophy.
0: And I think that, um, you know, you, you can just go back and do the thing that's been done a hundred times before and it and it will be a movie, but it won't be something that's going to like connect with people and people aren't going to jump in on that. And so on Mitchell's, by the time we got to making Mitchell's, um, there was no way we were ever going back, and anybody that got into into bed with us uh, knew that we weren't going to let it look normal or be a normal story. We were going to try and be as progressive as we could be in all in all the fronts. And I will say that you know I don't know this movie could have been made a- anywhere but Sony. What was great about Sony is that they don't have a house style. They don't go like this is how our movies look. Uh, they don't have you know. A lot of places wouldn't have uh, let us have, be explicit about uh, Katie being queer, mm-hmm. um, but they were cool with it and uh, and they were, didn't chicken out
2: on that. And not every studio would let us doodle over yes. every frame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they'd be like, people would be
2: nervous because there's like, you know, shareholders and all this stuff, but they... It's also a nightmare for line producers, right? right? It just adds chaos <laughs> to the project.
0: Um, so I have to, you know, I have to... Uh, Give a shout out to Sony for being brave and, and like when we were like, trust us, we're going to make it good and you're going to be happy and, uh, and we won't let it be bad.
2: And all the things that are making you nervous right now are the things that are going to make it a hit. Exactly.
1: And then a stupid pandemic happened.
2: Exactly. You know, but that said, it is a hit.
1: Right. Right. I mean, it was, it's
2: one of the top 10 streaming movies of the year. It's like the most a- watched animated movie in Netflix history.
0: And it, and it really was a movie that, you know, people needed to see last year in the middle of a pandemic is a movie about a family coming together, dealing with technology in an apocalyptic global event. It's like could not have been more perfect for the moment and to sort of sit on it and wait for families to feel comfortable going back to it a movie theater. It felt immoral.
1: Yeah, it seemed like
0: <laughs> people need to see this movie. Yeah. And and it really did. And, it, you know, I think that's an, another reason why it resonated so, so well is because it was the movie that people needed to see. That's that one time. of the things
2: that's important to us, right? That it is like you you make movies that speak to our time. Katie is a protagonist for our time. This story is about how can families navigate this um, new world and stay together and get stronger. And, um, and it, it seemed like a, a perfect uh, uh, time to release it, honestly.
1: Thank you, Mama Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, <I> mean, they <laughs> yeah, were really excited it. about
0: the movie yeah. and, you know, it was an incoming call and, you know, it it seemed like, well, we could be sitting on this until who knows when and will it still yeah. be relevant and – or be think it's to play, fair to so say the movie excited. would still not be out. Right. Yeah. Um and uh, I'm glad it is. And we wouldn't be here. Exactly.
1: And then we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be here. With you. I know, because that's the best part of the whole season is this part <laughs> Actually, right here. Actually, it is. Yeah.
2: It is like of a, 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 people overlook that like this is a time when filmmakers and people who love movies all get to talk to one another. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and come out shit. of the foxhole yeah. and just really like, we don't get to talk to other animated right. filmmakers except for yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. It's so yeah. fun to like be part of the community and like sort of – in its purest form to sort of like celebrate What's cool about making movies? It feels
1: like film school. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't get a the chat. film school we never went to. Yeah.
0: We don't get a chat with Guillermo de Toro every day. <laughs> that but is it is fun. When we fan. do get to do it, it's pretty fun.
1: Yeah. I cannot wait for the inevitable biopic of you two starring Timothy Chalamet and Harry Styles ooh, <laughs> looking over the San Francisco sunset. <laughs> oh my god, that quit. sounds good. It's gonna be a good movie. Could that be may I
2: just suggest <laughs> yeah. to the universe, like that sounds like a pretty good like blacklist script? Yeah,
1: <laughs> indeed. You know, just to put that out there, yeah. get the ball rolling. Mixed media film. You know. Yeah. 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 absolutely i i swear to you two if i don't get a thank you at that because uh, <laughs> I mean, it was sure. birth
2: right here right the here, right here on right it. and it's on the record it's just got to
1: six years later it, it would be not <laughs> um so uh i want to talk about some of your just career stuff outside of animation uh where's 23 jump street you monsters
2: <laughs> i did get a call from uh neil h moritz oh yeah only
0: yesterday because of uh, us having mentioned that there was a, a I have
2: story. no idea. I honestly, Neil if you're out there, call me back. I don't know if you're mad at us or congratulating us or both.
0: <laughs> we uh yeah, we've we've developed some things and it, the things have sort of fallen by the wayside, but uh, you know, it was really fun to make the the first two and as and as crazy as they were, uh
1: we could go crazier. All right. So you're still monsters, is what you're saying, right? This is not like I mean, not uh, say, it's happening right now. But you guys are open to it. Let's get. We're it. open to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: What did Tom Brady say? I don't know. I don't know. Sort of like slightly <laughs> crack the I door don't... open. Like I'm retiring. Unless I never change change say my that. Mind. Unless I change my mind.
1: After the break, more from Phil Lord and Chris Miller from Los Angeles. This is the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. We're chatting with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, producers of the Oscar-nominated animated film The Mitchells vs. the Machines. As we pick back up, I try to get to the duo to spill everything they can about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to their Oscar-winner, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You're working on this uh, Spider Verse sequel, I'm I assume are you sure? could just tell me everything about it right now. Yeah, you know? all the secrets we're laying I mean, out. Yeah, I mean, secrets. like where you know what happens at the beginning, the end, a little bit in the middle. You could touch sure, on. Sure, sure, but like go through it fast. Yeah, like, yeah people yeah, don't yeah. want
2: to like hear your whole second yeah, act exactly. development right. thing.
0: Um, no, we're it's hard at work. We are. I mean, we're going. We're going there this. right now after this. Yeah, <laughs> <Hard laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to um, do uh, work on, we're going <laughs> into the edit suite. Yes, yeah. Sometimes we, we're trying to edit in person at least sometimes a week, uh, because we get more done, mm. uh, when we're together and in person. Then the fun
2: thing is because of the, of, of, um, the social distancing practices, we get to edit in like a movie theater. Yes. That's really,
0: fun. so we're in a big giant movie theater with a handful of us all going like, well, how are we going to do, how are we going to make the scene work? Uh, but it's been really exciting. Um, to like think about how we can open the open the world up for Miles and tell a story that's still personal, intimate, but have it have a scope and scale even more uh, outlandish than than the first movie. It's
2: it's just ambitious, and I think that everybody on the team knows that the stock in trade is originality, and the stock in trade is what hasn't been done yet, and so you can't run it back. So that's our, right. you know, that is our biggest anxiety, but it's also like the the most fun. It's like okay, the easy obvious moves we did those. Right. Now we have to do something wild. Yeah, if we play it safe, everyone will be disappointed. Yeah, like our whole goal is to make the first movie seem conservative. Mm.
1: Yeah, is there now or has there ever been discussion about integrating mr miles morales into the marvel cinematic universe possibly <laughs> into spider-man no way home that was just released an oh, indie uh, film of last year you know an upcoming i can't if there are any conversations the past, about and, that i can't
2: say we were part of those yeah um but uh no one asked you, know. you
1: guys they don't just call you up and say like bill kevin they, it's they keep like, us guys, yeah i want to run something by you we uh
0: we stay <laughs> informed of what of what's happening along the way so we don't step on each other's toes and uh as I say, everything grows in the garden of the multiverse. Anything is possible.
1: So. I mean, that multiverse started with you guys, and I just feel like it's working towards it.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Okay.
1: Heaven knows. I don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> what did Tom uh, Brady say? Yeah. <laughs> um, and one last thing about Spider-Verse, you get, I know you guys had touched on you, you recorded with this on my issues. Okay, here we go. You said uh, each universe is gonna be a different animation style. Mm-hmm. Uh so could you talk a little bit about that? Like what uh what other styles are you exploring here? Mm. You know, freestyle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's freestyle, uh, where yeah. you
0: just make it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean microphone. they're all based on Improv. <laughs> on, on comics and spy and spider man versions of the telling of the spider-man story right so it's not just sort of like we'll just pick a random art style like there are so many different hands of the artists that make comic books and and make spider-man content and so each world will feel like it's its own artist is drawn this in the way that if you pick up five different comic books that each one looks super different from the other one um that's probably as
2: much as i can say at at this moment, <laughs> yeah, but they all look really different from one another, yeah. and they all. Um, take... God bless the the team we have because it means like everyone needs new software. Yeah, and... <laughs>
0: every single world you're making a, a a new film each each world that we visit, and you're it's a bespoke universe with a bespoke software and and making everything look very specific uh, to that world, and it is sometimes absolutely. Breathtaking,
2: And and what I love about it is every department is trying to freak us out. Right. So you go like, all right, I think we designed this character. I don't think you've even seen this last night, last night but Patrick and Justin you know, any... showed me something at the end of the day that like, oh, yeah, this character that we all thought we knew what it looked like. We we asked so-and-so, this really cool artist, to like just do, do a pass to see what they would come up with. And they came up with this really freaky thing, and now we want to completely rethink it how – they're rendered and oh, I it just like, to see that. It's a later constant today. like leveling up that feels like when you get to the end of that process, someone who wasn't part of it is going to be so delighted because you're, you're right? You're going to see something like you couldn't possibly imagine till you get into the theater.
1: Okay, uh, I did skip one question I, I meant to ask this about 23 Jump Street, possibly. Yeah, you know, we Channing Tatum was on our cover. Yes, um, God yeah.
2: bless that, yeah. wonderful man, sweetheart.
1: I, I hate how. Good looking, he is. Um, and he said, uh, Men in Black, uh, Jump Street script was barred on the funniest thing he'd ever read. <laughs> it was pretty great, it was very funny,
0: it was great, it, it still
2: exists. Yes, it's written it's by blacklist? Rodney Rothman. Blacklist. It's a blacklist script. <laughs> uh, someone should imagine that's another good idea for a blacklist script is someone imagining
0: what that movie was. Oh. It was very funny. The concept for it was hilarious and the execution of it was very funny. Yeah, Rodney Brown. Um, it. it was a very, uh, it's very complicated to try and make something that, you know, is combining two franchises and giving sort of equal value to each one <laughs> and not
2: ruining them both. Yeah, well, and the secret to those movies is that it's about Channing and Jonah and they're you know their friendship slash love affair, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it was born out of the idea that, like, well, they they met, they started dating. The second movie, they're kind of they're married and having like a seven year itch, right. and then like, what's the next stage in their relationship?
1: And you just can't make just go make it, man. <laughs> <laughs> just go do it. That's a lot of people have yeah. to agree. <laughs> Uh, all right, and uh, last bit uh, sort of about what's next for you, other you know, in the future. You have the two part Spider Verse stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, premonition, a pandemic story. I that yeah. Was... yeah, that's
0: <laughs> yeah. the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's a, uh, a Michael Lewis book that's really uh, uh, weirdly fun about the people in the in the sort of decades leading up to before uh, COVID of people who like saw that there was a pandemic coming and
2: tried to get us to be ready for it. Um, and you may be shocked to know that it is about um, mavericks going up against the established <laughs> order, <laughs>
0: um, and uh, and actually is uh, and, and is surprisingly fun.
1: Nice. All right. Uh, any dream project that you want to take on? They like got some like a World War II drama from Florida Miller. I want to know if you guys <laughs> could
2: like really go. Well, there is a thing yeah. that we actually. I suppose can't say anything yeah. about, but there is, a, uh, there is one of those floating around <laughs> yes. the office okay. that we've talked a
0: little bit about. Um, I mean, we're really excited about Project Hail Mary, which is the Andy Weir book that we're uh, uh, we're developing. Also, um, that's really really fun uh, for uh, Ryan Gosling, who's uh, a true delight. Pretty talented fellow. Uh, you guys are only working with good-looking guys. I know. Right now. We, we let let well, so can't really
2: relate to people <laughs> unless they're
0: very good-looking. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then uh, you know, then the after-party, which is on Apple TV Plus right yes, now. Yes, fifth episode, episode drops, drops. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday evening.
1: My favorite. Show of the year, and uh-huh. i forgot on record. I think it's better than Ted Lasso.
0: Oh my! Well, so shot fired, Mister Bill uh, Lawrence, loved it. <laughs> our longtime
1: mentor, and um, Ben Schwartz in everything forever.
0: I know the man is a is a real. A I want real the nine talent. of them
1: to be Oscar hosts. I want them. Ah. I want them. oh I Oscar. love that. Idea. Yeah. With a special appearance by you guys. Yeah. Since you're nominated. <laughs> We're
2: the, yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, that's, who,
0: that's who you really want. You no, know, that These is. These two dorks. And that was a lot of fun because we got to do a bunch of different film styles. Every week it was a different, you know, a different style of, of filmmaking. You got you got to like really um, stretch our brains in, in a way that was really fun.
1: Awesome. All right. The last thing I'm going to end, I, I end with a little game. because yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's like a, it's, an, it's an either or. And since you guys are either or, you okay. know, uh, it's animated films. So I'm giving okay. two choices. Tell me which one. Okay. Starting. Rango or Coraline. Ooh, that is Ooh. tough. Oh man,
0: I'm gonna go with. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Coraline. Um, although that is a really hard choice because I think they're both really unconventional and and I loved both of them.
2: That's a real Sophie's choice because we're um you know big fans of Henry's and we love um, you know we love like Gore is such an inspiration because he's a guy that like makes um, makes cinema fun like he makes jokes from how where he puts the camera and and that movie Rango every Every choice is something no one's done before. <laughs> you know, so I really appreciate how like cracked that Are you movie going is. Rango and I'm going hey, Coraline? Yeah, Are going to split it yeah, up? Yeah, looks, we can split it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's really
1: it's a, it's tough. A, it's a, that's a tough guy. Okay. Charlotte's Web or Grave of the Fireflies? Ooh.
0: I'm like the old animated. Char- yeah, Charlotte's yeah, yeah. it's B like, three. Uh, Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've seen that four hundred times, so I have to. I, I have Charles to say Web. that
2: one too, just because of like Pendleton's crazy Templeton? song. Templeton. Templeton. Templeton.
0: Yeah. yeah, his voice. Doesn't uh, he sing a good. song about like loving yeah.
2: garbage? Yeah, he. It's that's probably so a big, very. Bar- yeah, that, I feel like that really informed
1: my brain. Yeah, All right. Fantastic Planet or Secret of the Nymph.
2: Secret
0: of NIM. Secret of NIMH. 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 Hard, NIMH. Hardcore Secret of Nim. no question. The
2: National Institute of Mental Health. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember how they the documentary about how they experimented on rats? They lived in a rose bush. <laughs> they formed a culture and a society. I love that movie. It's also um, you know, kind of made outside of the traditional pipelines. And um it's not afraid for the characters to have five knuckles on each <laughs> right. finger.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that owl scene, very scary. So many um, knuckles. And the Dom Deloise Crow ve- was very funny
2: to me as a kid. I li- I've seen that movie 85 times. I
1: positive. believe it. Straight up. Howl's Moving Castle or Triplets of Belleville? Ooh.
0: Wow. Oh, man. You know. I want to create pain today. I know. Yeah, you really are. That's it. really
2: hard. I love both of those me movies. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go triplets, not... Out of any disrespect for Miyazaki, who is uh, I'm just saying that like he has lots of at bats, that's right, and lots (laughs) of movies that go that are like insanely strange and also very appealing. That, um, that uh, but triplets is also that way, Mm -hmm. it's totally like I before I saw that movie, I couldn't have imagined that movie existed. Yeah,
0: Mm. it was very hypnotic. I'm gonna go with triplets as well, um, but I do love. All things, Miyazaki. So
2: Miyazaki is the reason like w- we probably wound up making Mitchell's nice. because we promised him at the Governor's awards a million years ago that we, we were introduced not. for ninety seconds, right. and And he said, you must keep making animated films. Right, and we he said, okay. We were, he knew we were doing both and he didn't want us <laughs> the to. The master says you do something, wanna, you do it. Yeah. We
1: promised. So we're like, okay, we're just going to never stop making these. There you go. Uh, <laughs> this is actually hilarious. Anomalisa? Uh-huh, Ooh. Yeah. Or... South Park, bigger, longer. Oh uh, man,
2: powerful. it's not Th- fair. those are two
0: wonderful, wonderful. There could not be more different. They couldn't
2: be m- more wonderful. Yeah. I, I was say, just talking about that. This with Lindsay, right?
0: Uh, I will say that the South Park one probably I would be more excited to rewatch because the Lisa is very painful. Mm-hmm. Watch, it's very awkward and very. Like Anomaly- real
2: has the best sex scene ever yeah. in the history of live yeah, action cinema. or uh, live straight action, up. Anywhere. It really is straight up. It's, uh, one of, it's
1: one of the things I point to when I say a voice uh, Oscar nomination worthiness of acting. Jennifer Jason Leigh.
2: Oh yeah, percent
1: should have been nominated. One
2: hundred percent. Like I was on a jury where I got into like a fight <laughs> with another actor that I really love and respect, uh-huh. saying basically like. Jennifer Jason Leigh needs to be nominated for um, this award, <laughs> and, um, and so and but on um, but here's the th- I was just telling this to Lindsay. There's been three or four movies that my father has done this with. He did it with uh, a Little Shop of Horrors, where we like I saw it with him, and then the next night we went. And got my mom and my sister and we watched it again and then we just as a family we like should we do this tomorrow too <laughs> yes let's do it tomorrow and the other one my father's from New England he won't he doesn't like bad words I don't think he's seen either Jump Street film but we went to see South Park Bigger Longer mm-hmm. Uncut and he was so delighted he got my mom and my sister to come and watch it the next day oh, it's easily one of the best musicals ever made
0: yeah, that, uh, yeah I will say that it's like it's, it's sort of joy joyful attitude uh, is more reflective of our worldview than the the bleakness. Of I think Alana it's Lisa. fair.
2: I think that's fair. If yeah. you had to
1: like pick one desert island movie, <laughs> yeah, to pick Scott Park. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, like, and it was not animation, but I always wanted a Team America sequel, and they haven't done it. I know they'll oh, never do it, but I that deep I, I, bake thing was sort of oh, came close. So yeah. good. Um, Little Mermaid or Chicken Run? Ooh. I mean. Oh,
0: mm. I, I, you know, I love, we love Aardman and we love all the stuff that they do. And I think they really have like been, you know, they are the, the grandfather of them all with theatrical stop motion, uh, quality, creativity, and hilarity. But I think Little Mermaid is like historically a really important film and uh, and they were really pushing what they could do with a female protagonist in that movie that you don't think about with animation like before that you know if it was a if it was a female character like the old farts at Disney were like it has to be pretty and she can't move her mouth that much and she has to stay like a, a fragile porcelain doll but Ariel is really expressive and really like uh, unkempt and in a way that they're like, oh, I wonder if it, if people's delicate sensibilities were all right. Right, the girl who doesn't seem pretty <laughs> in every frame. Uh, Ursula, so I think, also yes, Ursula. and Ursula is fantastic, and the songs are uh, top notch. I don't
2: know that's a tough. That's a t- these are really. I feel cruel. like yes. we
1: haven't answered a lot. These of are these cruel. Answer, it's cool though.
2: I don't know. Right. I I do. Th- I wonder though. if Chicken Run may uh, hold up better. Okay. Yeah. To scrutiny. Okay. In, over it, over the long haul. Yes,
0: yeah. I suppose there is as our like politics evolve. I suppose like the oh, I fall in love with the girl that d- can't talk and she has to. And not a very die. sassy
1: sixteen-year-old yes. that like leaves her house. So, right.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess. I Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also, I got to give a shout out to my pretend relative Peter Lord. That's
0: right. No. No relation. No <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just uh, yet. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Last three. Still okay. all, all made to create pain. The Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. or the Iron Giant.
0: Oh my God! You're just trying to be like this is a torturous event.
2: This is the rudest interview I've ever had. Yeah,
0: I mean those are both two like pillars of animation history. You're gonna hate the next one. (laughs) Oh man, Uh, I love both of them and have seen both of them so many times.
1: Say them again: (laughs) Nightmare Before Christmas
0: or Iron Giant or the
1: Iron Giant. With respect, yes. And if this gives you an out, by the way. For anyone, else, they don't know these, so this is not really their answers. It's just like the gut of the moment
2: right. answer. So you don't have to be held yeah. to it forever. I'm just going to – I love both movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Iron Giant.
0: Yeah, I think – I'm going to
2: say – in terms of just like what it represents, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a total – again, an outsider, you know, upstart studio. At that time, uh is that Brad's first movie? It's certainly – is oh, like, yeah. you know, it's certainly the the first thing where you go, like, this is a new voice, mm. right? And it's, it like, it's kind of hard to imagine now because it's a traditionally animated movie, but it is, like, taking outrageous risks. It's got this, like, amazing sequences, like, the hand sequence, <laughs> like, running around. It's using CG in a way that feels hand-drawn, right? And it is devastatingly beautifully emotional with all kinds of... Like wild moves at that time. Like, it's about like a single parent household, like a single mom, and then this like groovy, like beat poet who lives in a garbage patch or whatever. It's like everything about it is strange. And so I remember Chris and I watched it at whatever that, what at that time was like the fourth. Uh, uh, most famous theater in Westwood. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? It was like, it wasn't at the Bruin. It wasn't across the corner. It was like up, like above, like where the Whole Foods is now, (laughs) like a tiny, it's, I'll tell you this, it's, I've only been in that theater one other time and it was to see also with you, Bubba Hotep.
0: Oh yeah. So that
2: was where that movie was booked. You had to, you had to find it. You had to know it was coming out. They were dumping it and you, and we went out and sought it out and we're totally righteously blown away.
1: It's awesome. All right, uh Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or Fantasia.
0: That one's easy for me, mm-hmm. Fantasia. Um even though it's you know not as narrative, like the crazy stuff that they're doing in some of those sequences were really pushing the medium forward in, in a way. I mean, obviously Snow White first first uh feature animated piece, but I think what Fantasia did was really more radical and, and and far out.
2: They're both great examples of how Walt was willing to, like, leverage the entire studio for a mad dream. Right. Right? He's a, a crazy maniac. idea. <laughs> we often say, like, animation is for maniacs. Is this is an experimental medium. M- movies are an experimental medium, Right? where, like, everything you make is a prototype, it doesn't follow a formula. So, like, Snow White is a freaky movie that is, like, the first time anybody thought, like, what if a whole movie could look like that? The thing about Fantasia, which is why I think it also gets the nod from these two turkeys, is it was, like, he he was willing to, like, have the studio burned down, basically, to make this passion project. It wasn't calculated. It was a bomb. It totally advances the medium. And it is the mad dream of a lunatic <laughs> <laughs> to bring it to so the So
0: we we are in support of anything that's. And yeah. so when
2: you think about, I mean, when you think about those early days of animation. That's going on. The Fleischers are still doing wild stuff, right? And uh and the and the the um The Schlesinger studio, uh, you know, Warner Brothers shorts are happening and, and like Tex Avery is doing wild stuff. So everybody is like wildly experimental. Even the guy that you imagine is like the most conservative is doing nuts stuff. And so that's why we stand up for like these movies should be nuts. They shouldn't be like formulated. Corporate. uh, They are not products. They are not content. That is, and when we talk about like being nostalgic, like so so much animation is nostalgic and it makes me fall asleep. But what we should be nostalgic for is the early days where. People were like, I don't know. What if we put sound on this cartoon? Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm from yeah. Kansas City and I'm just going to like, I don't yeah. know. I'm going to figure out a new system with my yeah. buddy Ub. Like I don't I, – I I, love that spirit and I wish we held on
1: to – I wish every place held on to that the way that I think we, we try to. And the one to go out on, you can hold each other for this one, Spirited Away. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Or Fantastic Mr. Fox.
2: Oh, we're both holding each other's. I'm gonna
0: go with Spirited Away. I mean, just because we we snubbed Miyazaki on the last one, and we gotta we gotta give him his due because that movie is. And I just saw it again recently with my kids to show it. To what them.
2: did they? How did they take it in? Wait,
1: how? Yeah, how old are your kids?
0: My kids are uh, turning uh, thirteen and nine.
1: Oh, uh, because my my daughter's ten, and I was trying to oh, eleven rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to figure out when to show her. Uh. Like a Miyazaki, and I didn't.
0: They know. were into it. I started now? with okay. I started with um like easing easing in with Totoro, okay, because that's real like easy easy kid friendly stuff. And we haven't done Mononoke yet because it's like a little bit maybe. But I yeah. think my daughter, who's the younger one, is up for. Yeah, we tried uh, Ponyo a few years ago. Was yeah.
1: she was too young for it. And yeah, she like was like oh, well, fire like fire there's fire like there's
0: some disturbing stuff in Spirit Away where like the parents turn into pigs, yeah. you know, <laughs> and stuff. So it's like like you know the lot like fears of like. Losing your parent and all that type yeah. of stuff is definitely there, and it's like a little. Uh, Do they have a tough time tough. with it, or they? No, they love it. To me, it. like
2: kids are they like loved they it. live their lives like confused and scared.
0: It's it so, <laughs> so fun. Why shouldn't <laughs> movies be it's confusing true. and scary? Yeah. It's just fun watching films with your kids because you get to experience it through their eyes again in a different way. And Find yourself staring
1: at them. Like, yeah, and you're just watching you.
0: them and see yeah. how they look. Like we're watching it with ET, and they're like, uh, they're just like at the edge of their seat, and you're like, oh, I love. Yeah. to see what's what's engaging them and what's you know what's not so i think you know, just having seen it again recently like spirited away is a, a masterpiece
2: i think you've have to say that too but shout
0: out <laughs> to <laughs> fantastic mr fox well
2: also for like for west to to go so hard at animation mm-hmm. and do it in like i want to see all the fingerprints right i want to see like the hair of characters fur, like move yeah. around that there's so much um, – like, the way that, like, rat moves around is so mm. expressive. And then to continue to make animated movies and then to let the, the animated, like, filmmaking experience inform all the live-action movies.
0: Yeah. I Even thought the last yeah. one is,
2: like, so deeply informed by animation. It has an animated sequence. But, like, the last three or four of his movies are so influenced by
1: Fox. Yeah, See, we started with Meryl Streep and we're ending with Meryl Streep. There you like go, for sure. This is full circle <laughs> moment. We didn't even know it was gonna happen like that. We planned it. Listen, yeah. Lord and Miller, you guys are cool. I like you. You're cool. I like you. You're into, you're into a lot. You're good up and comers. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you should go visit that spot in San Francisco again. We do
2: try to f- stay feeling that way. I f- still feel like a student, don't you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like eventually gonna, we'll get good at this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out one of these days.
1: I can't wait to be in the after party part six. Oh that, man, that season it's gonna be good. Season six, six yeah, season we'll six. Be. I'm part of that. That's the Seven one I want to be a part seasons of. And a movie. Let me let me be the Day Franco, the the one who dies.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. for yeah. season six. If
2: there is a season six, we'll give you a call. Yeah. We made him stay down there just like cold and freezing for <laughs> right.
1: the entire shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's Oscar-nominated Phil Lord and Chris Miller. You can watch The Mitchells vs. the Machines right now on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. The Award Circuit Podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. Until next time, for Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit.